0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You turn your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Jesus here does one of the most amazing miracles in the Gospel, aside of His own resurrection from the dead. Of course, we know the the main, most amazing uh, miracle that Jesus does is raising Himself from the dead. But apart from that, tonight we're looking at Jesus actually raising a man who'd been dead for four days in the tomb, beginning to smell... He raises Him from the dead. Jesus has power over life and death. The moment of our birth is determined by the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. He holds us by His very hands. He sustains us. He made us. And the moment of our death is in Jesus' hands and He can raise us to life. He has that kind of power. Let's look at our text. John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1 says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped His feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister And Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you." Jesus said to her, "Your brother will rise again." And Martha said to him, "I know that he will rise again at the resurrection in the last day." Jesus said to her, "I am." saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise up quickly and go, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story that testifies to who you are, to your power, to your might that brings glory to the Father. Father, we Pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear tonight. Father, we pray that I pray that you would be with me. I need your grace, I can do nothing apart from you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Remember, Last week we looked at the story of Jesus. He was saying, I and the Father are one. And what happens when He says, I and the Father are one? The Jews picked up stones and they were ready to stone Him. So He left the area and He went to the place where John the Baptist was. And now Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus, is sick and he must be really sick because they they, they didn't live very far from Jerusalem. They knew Jesus had just left the area because there was a threat of death on him, and they called for him to come back. Called for him to come back because their brother was sick to the point of death. It tells us who this Mary is. It tells us that she was the one who had anointed Jesus with her hair. But you know what? We haven't actually had this story in John yet. It actually comes in the next chapter. That was a a story that was very well known. People probably, when they came to read John for the first time, knew about this story about, about this woman who had come and anointed Jesus' feet with her hair. They knew that this was a a woman who loved Jesus very, very much to be able to do that. And this is maybe the story that shows why she loved Him so much. The sisters had said, Lord, he whom You love is ill. When Jesus heard it, He said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God. Now imagine that. Jesus had just left the area because of the threat of death on Him. Mary and Martha were sending for Him in spite of the fact that if He came back to the area, He could be killed. And Jesus says, this illness will not lead to death isn't that kind of insensitive was he wrong was he saying oh it's not that bad i think actually the point is not that jesus was wrong that jesus didn't realize that that uh, this sickness was going to lead to death jesus knew that the end the termination the goal was not that lazarus would die He knew what He was going to do then, that Lazarus would go through death and He would be raised by Jesus Himself. Jesus says, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus understands that Lazarus' illness, this sickness that was going to lead Him through the valley of the shadow of death itself, was for the purpose of the glory of the Son of God. It was for that purpose that He would be glorified. Think back for a moment. A few weeks ago, we were in chapter 9. We saw this blind man who was blind from birth, and the disciples asked Him, why was this man born blind? Was it his sin? Or was it because of his parents' sin? And Jesus answered, it wasn't because of his sin, and it wasn't because of his parents' sin. It was so that God would be glorified. It's the same idea here. Lazarus's sickness was for the same purpose. It was so that God would be glorified. God made Lazarus sick like this so for the purpose, for the end goal that Jesus would display His glory by raising Him from the dead. In verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when He heard that Lazarus was ill, He stayed there two days longer in the place where He was. That does not make sense to us. He loved them so much that He stayed there two days longer. <laughs> you would think if He loved them so much, He would drop everything and go. Go. And that's what we so often want. We experience sickness. We experience illness. We experience all kinds of tragedy. And we say, Jesus, we want you to come right now. But Jesus knew the end game. He knew what needed to happen. And he had his purposes in mind. And for his love for them, he chose to wait two more days. similar to our circumstances. When we cry out to God, why don't you do something, God? Why don't you do something? When we can't understand our circumstances, when we don't understand why God is letting us go through something, when it seems like Jesus is waiting another two days or longer know that He has a purpose in mind. That He would glorify Himself through our circumstances. And remember the message of James. Count it all joy when you, ver- when you face various kinds of trials. We know that the testing of our faith is produced... I just didn't do that right, but you know what I mean. The trials produce... Patience and endurance, it produces the character of Christ in us. Maybe Jesus isn't going to intervene and cause a a, a miracle to turn situations around, but He is still good, and even if we don't understand His purposes, He is using our suffering to conform us to His own image, to make us more like Jesus Himself. The disciples said to Him, Oh, Jesus decides He's going to go to Judea. Remember, they want to kill Him there. And the disciples, they remember that. They said, don't you remember there's people there that want to stone you? Jesus, He answers with this kind of strange answer. I, I really have to just admit, I don't really understand what He's saying here. But He says, Are there not 12 hours in a day? Of course, he's not talking about our, our rendering of time. We know there's 24 hours in a day, but uh, whether, maybe he's talking about how many daylight hours there are. or I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but he says, Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. To sum that up, Um, and I don't know if this does a good job, but Jesus is telling his disciples, I've got to go. It's daylight. I've got to go and do my Father's will. I can see the light of day. God is showing me, the Father is showing me, this is what I need to do someone walks in darkness, they don't see the light of day. They don't hear God's will. They're going to stumble around. But Jesus knows it's His mission. He must do it. He's going to go back to Judea. After saying these things, or Jesus told His disciples, our friend, our dear friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go to awaken him. And the disciples, they hear that and they're like, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. They respond like we would. You know, Jesus said he's fallen asleep. They don't understand that he's actually died and they're, they're thinking like we would. What would we do when we're sick? We'd go home and get some rest. When you're sick and tired, you've got a fever, you go home, you lie down, and that's what you need to do to get better. The disciples didn't understand Jesus, as is so often the case. We see over and over and over again, not only in John, but in all the Gospels, how Jesus is just misunderstood by everybody, even His own disciples. And Jesus speaks plain to them. It says, Lazarus has died. But then he says this really strange thing again. That again, we can sound it it sound to us like it's insensitive. Jesus says, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad I wasn't there. Can you imagine being there? The disciples finding out Lazarus, their friend, was dead, knowing Jesus had the power to, to heal people, and Jesus says, He's died, and I'm glad I wasn't there. Let me finish this statement. For your sakes, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. There was a purpose behind Jesus being glad that he was not there. Just like there was a purpose for Lazarus' sickness, his illness. There was a purpose in Jesus being glad that he was not there. It was for the sake of his disciples. It was so that they might believe. They needed that miracle that Jesus was going to do to reinforce the faith that they already had. To show them who he was and what he had the power to do. Then Thomas, we think of Thomas as doubting Thomas, right? He was the one that was doubtful. But here he says something that is so full of faith. He says, let us also go that we may die with him. He's not talking about going and dying with Lazarus. He's talking about Jesus has people that want to stone him. And Jesus says, we're going to go back to Judea in spite of that. And Lazarus says, then let us go with him, even if it costs us our lives. Thomas, that we think of as so doubtful, here he had such great faith. Jesus goes to Judea and and when Jesus came, He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. There were many Jews that were there. It was close between Bethany and Lazar- and uh, Jew- Jerusalem, probably only about two miles between the two. Many of the Jews were there. Remember, the Jews were the ones who were wanting to stone Jesus. They were there at the house of... Martha and Mary and Martha got word. She heard Jesus is coming, so what does she do? She she leaves the house, she goes out to meet Jesus on the way. And she she says this mixed statement. Part of it it seems almost accusing Jesus. This, this rebuke against Jesus. But then she backs off and she expresses faith. She says, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. But, then she says, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She sounds like she's got this accusation in her. And sometimes we might feel like that. God! God! If you really care about me, why are you letting me go through this? But in the midst of feeling like that, her faith held out. She still had faith. She said, even now, even though my brother is dead, I still trust that whatever you ask of God, he will answer you. In the face of circumstances of death, she still had faith that Jesus could do anything. So, Jesus answered, your brother will rise again. And that might not seem very strange to us. Probably didn't seem very strange to her. Because, you know, we come to a funeral like we had here yesterday. We read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we're reminded that there will come a day whenever Jesus comes again that a trumpet will sound and that the dead in Christ will rise first and they will meet the Lord in the air we will be caught up to be with them and forever we will be with the Lord. We think of that resurrection whenever Jesus comes and all of the dead will be raised. The Old Testament didn't have the expectation of a second coming of Jesus, but they did have the expectation of a final judgment. There's only really hints of it in the Old Testament. Many scholars will say there's no idea of the resurrection in the Old Testament. That's a Greek thing. That's a a New Testament thing. That's what they'll say. But the Pharisees believed in a resurrection. That was the, 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 the big difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees of Jesus' day, they did believe in a resurrection from the dead. And that's what Jesus had in common with the Pharisees. He says, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that He'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus answers with this amazing statement. Remember, Jesus had said, I am many times in this Gospel. Echoing Moses' conversation with God on the mountain. And the people ask, Who shall I say sent them? Sent me? The fo- God says, Tell them, I am has sent you. And Jesus says, I am the water of life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am all of these things, Jesus says. And here He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He brings life. Jesus says, I Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. There is a life after this one. I ask Josh, he he has these questions and answers that we we go through through with him a catechism that he has to answer the questions to all, every, uh, every day. Amy works with him for school. And, and One of the questions is, what do you have besides a body? And Josh is supposed to answer, God gave me a soul that will never die. But... That soul that will never die can have two different destinations. Jesus here, whenever He's talking about the one who believes in Me, though He die, He shall live. He's not talking about generally as in everyone whose soul will go on living eternally. It's a quality of life. It's it's a good life. It's life with Him. In life in heaven and then life in the resurrected body in a new heavens and a new earth. Jesus promises, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he says to her, do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. We can think back some of the the traces of this in the gospel. Remember when the disciples first saw Jesus and Peter and Andrew were brought Andrew brought Peter to Jesus and he says, We found the Christ. We found the Christ, the one who Moses wrote about. Jesus had this conversation with the woman at the well, and the woman of the well, at the well said, "I believe that the Christ will come." And Jesus says, "I am He. The one who you're speaking with is, is He." Here we have another revelation where Martha, says, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the Anointed One. You are the Messiah, the One who the Old Testament speaks of, who has come. The One who would crush the serpent's head. The One who is the Son of David who will sit on the throne of David forever. When she had said this, she went and called Mary her sister in private. The teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. She got up. She went quickly. Quickly, it says. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly, that word's repeated there, quickly, and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came in, she didn't or when Martha came in, Mary didn't wait any waste any time. She had to get to Jesus. She got up, she dropped everything, she came to Jesus. The Jews those ones who who'd heard about Jesus, who who had wanted to stone him, maybe the same kind of crowds. They got up and they followed Mary to see what she was going to do. She thought They were weeping as well. They were friends with Lazarus. When she comes to Jesus, Mary says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. says the same thing Martha did. Almost exactly the same words. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, The Jews who had come with her weeping. He saw these people weeping. Mary and Martha and the crowd of other people who were grieving for Lazarus. He was moved. He was disturbed. The word even has the idea of angered. Maybe angered by death. By the ravages that death has over human beings. He was disturbed. And then in verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, yet I think very, very powerful, Jesus wept. And so often we want to hold it back. When we experience a loss, we want to hold it back. We We want to put on a good face for people. We don't want people to see us weeping. But Jesus... Wept. He wept. If we worry about, is it okay to, to weep, to grieve? Thessalonians tells us we're not to grieve as those who have no hope. But he doesn't say not to grieve. We grieve. Jesus wept. He was fully human. And he showed that at that moment. And he wept. If he wept, he gives us permission to weep as well. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept him from dying? This is why I connect the crowds. That's why I think the crowds may have have been some of the same people, because they apparently knew about the blind man that had been healed. Some of them, they believed. And they saw Jesus weeping and said, Jesus really loved this man. But others, they saw it and they scoffed at him. If this man could open the eyes of the blind... Which is something the Old Testament said only the Lord can do. The Lord is the one who opens the eyes of the blind. If he can do that, then he could have done something to prevent this man from dying. And they scoff. Then Jesus was moved again. It came to the tomb. This tomb was a cave, and there was a stone in front of it. I think here we see some foreshadowing. There was a, a cave with a stone in front of it, pointing forward to Jesus' own death later on when He would be laid in a tomb and a stone would be put in front of it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, her sister, the sister of the dead man, said to Him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. For he has been dead for four days. We don't probably get all of the weight of this in our culture today. We have wonderful funeral homes that do great things to keep a body fresh. So that it doesn't smell, so that it doesn't um, decay too much before the burial or whatever way of taking care of the body. But left to its natural means of breaking down. I I know just a a couple of months ago, we had a raccoon that was getting into our trash. We trapped it. And on a Sunday morning, I got a message that there was a coon in our trap. And I went out, and I'll spare you the gory details, but I, I disposed of this creature... Threw it in our trash can. Our trash pickup is on Tuesday morning, so it was there for two days. And you walk out of our front door, and you can smell it. This is two days. Mo, uh, Lazarus, he'd been in the in the grave for four days. Mary wasn't kidding, or Martha wasn't kidding when she said, "There's already an odor." You move that stone, and you're going to know it. And Jesus says I didn't didn't I did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God So they took away the stone And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said Father I thank you that you have heard me I knew that you always hear me but I said this on account of the people who's standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to to them, unbind him and let him go. The beginning of John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later on we see the Word was Jesus because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We think back to the creation narrative and the Lord created through His Word. He spoke and light came into existence. He spoke and everything came into existence the same one who spoke and made the stars go into their places, stood there in Bethany and he spoke to a dead man and he obeyed. In chapter 5 of John, we read Jesus saying, there is a time coming when the those who are in their tombs will hear the voice of the Son of Man and hear... Jesus fulfills what He said. Jesus spoke and those in their tombs heard His voice and obeyed. We think back to Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. God told Ezekiel, speak to the bones. Ezekiel spoke to the bones and we read this story of how the bones began to come together and tissue began to form and... An entire army stood before Ezekiel. This is how God works with His Word. What happened in Lazarus' death and life is what happens in the life of every person who believes in Jesus. We were dead in our sins, we were dead, unable to do anything to save ourselves. And the Gospel came to us. We heard the Gospel. We were like Jesus' sheep who heard His voice. We got up and we followed Him. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And when Jesus spoke to us through the Gospel, our eyes opened. We believed in Him. And we went from death into life. Those who are lost are like Lazarus. Dead in their sins. Unable to do anything to save themselves. What they need more than anything is to hear the words of the Gospel. To hear that Jesus came. He has power over life and death. He died for us and rose again so that all who believe in Him can have eternal life. Never die. Jesus is the resurrection of the life. Believe on Him. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. Trust that whenever your circumstances are bad and you don't understand why you're experiencing what you're experiencing, He has a plan. The glory of God may be known. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.